0: So, are you worried about how your kids are handling your divorce, or are you concerned at all about them potentially being in a healthy relationship later themselves? These are just some of the things we're going to talk about today in season three of the Divorce Etc. podcast. We are the X Experts, Jessica and TH, and we focus on helping you navigate your divorce and successfully move on with your life. So, please follow us on all social media at X Experts and check out xexperts.com for tons of free divorce related resources. Let's bring in today's guest.
1: Welcome Amy Armstrong from the Center for Family Resolution. Amy is a fantastic co-parent coach. She helps the parents and the kids and brokers good communication skills and so much more. So welcome to our show today. Thank you. We are thrilled to have you here. Um, why don't you tell us a little bit about why you're in this and how how becoming
2: a co-parent coach has been important to you? Sure, sure thing. I started off in parent education, just basic quality parenting and loved it, but so many parents would want me to stay after class and talk about how whatever topic we had covered applied in a specific situation. And of course, that is where the fun comes in, right, is seeing how people's lives can actually change with new information. So I eventually um, got a couple of credentials as a coach and actually now even run a program myself because I'm literally obsessed with coaching. And once um, word got out that I was doing coaching specifically for co-parenting, Um, Let me back up just a little bit to say that what I noticed so many times when people wanted extra support, it's because even if parents got a great idea about something they wanted to do in their family, if the parents weren't on the same page, it added so much turmoil. So I started working specifically doing a lot of co-parenting work. And eventually someone from the local courts asked me to do a class specifically for separating and divorcing parents. So then when I got into coaching those folks, I started actually getting court orders to do coaching for co-parents. And I actually, most of my business is court ordered now. A lot of it's not. It's just that the courts are recognizing now that parents need help. They do. And if parents don't, you know, I will say that so many parents want to do the right thing. They know they shouldn't be hostile. They know they shouldn't speak poorly about the other parent. It's the how, right? So, parents. What are, well,
0: are those? What are some of those biggest challenges that you see people stra- struggling with when it comes to po- co-parenting? Is it the communication in and of itself?
2: Yes and no. I I think it's the communication. But at the root of the communication, it's that people are not doing well themselves. It's the stress. It's the uncertainty. It's the fear. And so the, so often, I mean, neuroscience tells us, right? Our brains erupt into blame when we're upset. Right. And so that ends up creating so much of the hostility between co-parents is they get into blaming one another for whatever's going on in the family.
0: How do you coach them
2: through that? Mm -hmm. It's actually good news. So just the awareness that it's normal to blame, that we all, all do it all the time, really helps. And so we can practice when we're not in the heat of the moment, just noticing, okay, can I take a breath or two or three? can I set a boundary instead of lashing out in some kind of, you know, loud voice or some, you know, kind of yelling or something um, critical? Well, or also
1: you end up snapping at your kids or snapping at anybody because they're in the wrong place at the wrong time. Like, right. too bad for you. <laughs> I'm like, having a shit storm right now whoop.
2: and you're in my way. The nearest person is the most likely target. Absolutely. Right. And so our job in learning to communicate better is to self-manage, to self-regulate. And what I teach in my groups is that we need to do self-care ahead of time. There's no way you can recover in the heat of the moment. If you're at a nine out of 10 on the stress scale, that is not the time to practice self-care. We've got to keep ourselves ahead of it by having our fantastic self-care practices every day can even be literally scheduled throughout the day so that we stay ahead of it. So these difficult stressors don't get the best of us. Okay. So, so let's let's
1: start from the beginning <sighs> of a divorce now okay. and incorporate, you know, what yeah. you've been saying. So we're getting a divorce. Yeah. I don't know if I want to leave my family and and really do this because of my kids. I think we should stay for the kids. So you hear that a lot.
2: And let's
1: bust this
2: myth now, please. Yeah. The only time that it really is good to stay for the kids is if you're truly growing as people and you're able to self-manage and you can feel good about yourself in the relationship. Very few people is that. Like, uh, I'll I'll tell a story. I've got a mom and dad that I'm working with right now. They're staying together for now. Their kids are very young. They have so much to work on that they're getting themselves in good shape to separate, if that makes any sense. Wow, that does make sense, actually. I think that that's That's really responsible. Yeah, they both have behaviors that the other person finds unacceptable, but they know they can't afford to separate. They know that separating would cause so much chaos for them that they're we're spending probably three or four months first getting them ready and settled enough to separate. Wow. Interestingly enough, I had another client once that decided to stay for a while because her husband was so dysregulated. He was using drugs. Mm. She was so scared of separating and having him spend time with the children unsupervised. Right. So she had some work to do before they could safely separate.
0: So for people who want to safely separate though, and they say, okay, we're going to stay together for the kids. They meet with you. Mm-hmm. You let them know like it's not really healthy for kids to watch you know, a relationship that's not working. Mm -hmm. What are the best ways to be able to actually talk to your kids about the fact that you're getting divorced? I feel like everybody's afraid of that. We're all doing it wrong. Nobody knows what to say. You say it once, they seem okay. You kind of don't want to bring it up again because you don't want to like keep reminding them. What are we doing about it?
2: Right. And I think a lot of parents err when they get permission, to be honest, right? Nothing against honesty. It's just that kids really don't need to know. I mean, think of how confusing it is. is for the parents. The kids do not need for you to unpack your adult relationship for them. They don't need that. What they need, there's two things parents need to know before they can talk to the kids at all. That is how often they're going to be seeing each parent and where the parent is going to be who's leaving the household.
0: But what if you're not even that far along? I mean, if you're just mm-hmm. decided to, separate, to to get
2: divorced and you're going to be going through this whole process, you don't and know. You don't, what don't get to tell the kids divorce. yet. You can't tell. So there's three things that really undo children that lead to really poor outcomes when parents divorce. One of those is uncertainty. We've got, kids need security. They can only get security from their parents. They don't have control of their own lives. They need their parents to provide their security. So we cannot go telling kids, oh, by the way, we're splitting up and we have no idea when you're going to see us or where. We don't get to do that mm-hmm. to our kids. Mm-hmm. So we've got to get a little bit of a handle on it before we talk to the kids. Jessica, did you I, do you well do that? I, for me
0: that your kids totally, were and too and and it was totally fine because i had a very amicable divorce and that was that was a piece of cake for us to be able to say what the custody situation is i don't think we brought that up again my like TH just said my kids were two and four mm-hmm. so i think we our conversation was more like we're not going to be living together anymore but we're still a family and we both love you and you're going to still see us all the time and it was kind of like yeah. more broad like that but I definitely know people who go through custody battles that I'm take with... a long time and they aren't living together because right. like, I'm just trying to figure out from for someone who is in a very acrimonious situation where they are not living together you can't hide from the kids the fact that one parent no, 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 no. is there No, if they're
2: already not living together then you know where both parents are. So you, you don't can... know what the end game is going to be with oh, No, no, no. You no, don't need the end game you
1: don't need the end game. You need today. So when we told our kids, we went to my therapist to get some coaching on what to say, remind them that we both, we each love them. And just because we've decided, you know, not to be married anymore, doesn't change the fact that we both each love you and we're going to be with you and spend time with you. But we did not say you're going with dad Wednesday and every other weekend. You're living with me full time. Like, we didn't say anything else, but we did use, now that you're talking about this, I'm feeling like, you know, we use the word divorce and my eight, my oldest was eight. And so like, what the hell does that mean? Like divorce? What, what is that now? Who Mm -hmm. am I? And, and a whole flood of things. My other kids were six and four. So they were kind of looking to her, like, should we be scared? Should we be happy? Should Mm -hmm. we cry? Should we, what should we do? And, And I'm thinking about that right now, but then what we did What I did, and I give myself a lot of credit for this. I love it. I'm not sure it was necessary. We took the dog and went to town, all of us, and got ice cream so that we could show them that we could be a family. A family. Mm -hmm. But that was the last time that happened Mm -hmm. (laughs) until I had to show up for one of the kids' birthday parties Mm -hmm. because I chose to, but with him you know, to share it, but, Mm -hmm. but we did not set the truth for them by doing that. And, and it's coming to me now as, as we're talking about this.
2: So, so there's a lot of ways that parents can demonstrate safety, security, certainty. And one of the big things is that the parents are calm enough As long as parents can demonstrate their well-being, if the parent's okay, it's going to really help the kids be okay. But we don't want to just throw something out for the kids without putting a little framework around it for them. Right. And the divorce word doesn't really mean anything to kids. What what the children's experience is, is that their parents aren't going to live together anymore and that they're going to see their parents in two separate homes. So whether you use the D word or not, the point is that one of us, I mean, some people do nesting. Right. What I, does that mean for your yeah, family? I do, what does I that mean look I do nesting like? agreements too, but I, I do, I, what, what I see is that the children are going to feel more secure when they know what their experience is going to be, that they're going to be seeing their parents in two different places. And then in- things are going to change. But that they're going to see both parents and that both parents are okay. And if parents aren't okay, we need to let the children know how the parents are going to make sure they are okay. So, for example, when I was going through my divorce, uh, I had plenty of days that I was a total wreck. And I had this friend, Carol, and I taught my kids to literally say, mom, have you and Carol been for a walk lately? You know, like they knew that she was my person to go to when I was a wreck. So I could say, you know what? I'm having a really bad day. I'm going to go to bed early. I'm going to go call Carol. I'm going to go out with Carol. And so it was this sense that I get to be a real human being, but I have support other than my children.
1: Right. It's not on them to make me feel
2: better. Okay.
1: We are just going to take a quick pause. Um, because we know it's hard to get honest and reliable information about your divorce. So we've done the work for you. Be sure to subscribe to our newsletter to get ex-experts in your inbox and join our virtual open house events where you can ask questions to top experts that we have put together for you. It's a rare opportunity for you to interact with them and sign up for private sessions with us, Jessica and TH, so you can move forward and thrive. We've lived it, so we get up. (laughs) okay <laughs> you can sign up at www.xexperts.com now back to the show
0: uh so amy i mean i think that it would be really good if you can um I you I know you just gave that example, but like a little bit of clarity for someone. So you're not saying they have to be able to actually have the custody situation worked out. I think what what I'm stuck on is the idea Mm -hmm. that sometimes when people separate the visitation looks like one thing. And then when the divorce is finalized and the settlement is finalized, right. that visitation changes. So that is potentially okay. You're saying, because we'll to them about that later. So it's not like, this is what the custody is going to be forever. It's just that mm. we're not living together right now. And you're still going to see both of us. It doesn't have to be Tuesday nights and Wednesday nights here, Thursday nights, Friday nights there.
1: But the thing is, is, it could be very jarring, like it was for us. There's no plan, but there's no way I'm living with him anymore. And he's got to go. And that's just the reality of the situation. So as long as we were both seeing the kids, like I kind of had to muddle through every day, but I wasn't ever going to be prepared for that. And I feel Mm -hmm. like even though a lot of people know their marriages aren't, working out and it's heading down that road towards Mm -hmm. divorce the day you realize it it's like you're in overdrive there's no way to be in a good place to you know i mean Mm -hmm. i think it's amazing that family that you talked about they must have really good communication even though they know they don't But that's also a big problem in a lot of marriages is no communication. That was one of the problems in my marriage. And I know in Jessica's, like we weren't talking about what was going on. And so Mm. when you tell your kids, how do you know what you're doing is not going to have long-term effects and you're the worst parent in the world Mm. and it's not your fault that you got Mm. a
2: divorce. Let's go back to this idea of being honest. Here's what we can be honest about. You can be honest saying it's it's hard. You can be honest about saying we have a lot of things to figure out. You can be honest saying we really don't know how this is going to look. But here's what we do know. Mommy's going to be staying over at grandma's for okay. the next couple of weeks. She's going to come pick you up on Saturday and spend all weekend with you. And then you're going to come back you know, here on Monday and dad will take you to school.
0: Okay. So it's really just giving them like enough of the short term. So in their head, they're like, okay, I get what's happening over the next couple of days, over the next week, et cetera. We just don't
2: want a parent to disappear and not have enough of a plan of when they're going to be seeing each parent, assuming they were attached to both parents in the first place.
1: The um, other thing that, um, I look back and I did do and you know as your kids grow new questions come up mm-hmm. they realize different things mm-hmm. and so I did on my end tell my kids any questions you have feel free to ask me. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I'm going to have the answer and I'll tell you awesome. if I do or I don't. Awesome. And if I don't then I'll say as soon as I have an answer for you I'll let you know and of course I don't give them all the down and dirty. If I have the answer, it's the kid Mm -hmm. version.
2: Right. Exactly. Um,
1: And the other thing that I, that I would like you to address is my older daughter, eight years old was kind of looking for other parents she could go to. She's like, Mm -hmm. okay, so, but Elise and Jeff are still good. Right. And, and Wendy is okay with her husband, right? Like these are our closest family friends. Mm -hmm. And so, okay, if you two are a mess, where can I go that they're not a mess who's like family to me. And, and that was, that Beautiful. was like, and now by the way, half They're of all them divorced. Are
2: divorced. <laughs> oh gosh. But, but it was really like, she was looking for like a substitute dad. She was looking for certainty. You know, right. what yeah. is going to stay the same in my life?
0: Well yeah. What can we do in those conversations though? You know, I I joke a lot. I'm like, I'm never gonna know how fucked up my kids are until they're adults in therapy themselves. Yeah. But but like, you know, TH and I have now young adults. My kids who are two and four are now 16 and 18 and TH's Mm -hmm. oldest is now 22. And like, Mm -hmm. we talk sometimes about how we're worried, like what will our children's adult relationships look like? Because Mm -hmm. they were in situations where their dads cheated And our divorces were totally different, but like, I don't want my son to grow up and think that it's okay to cheat on, you know, whoever he's with at the time, nor do I want my daughter to grow up feeling like that's okay, or that's inevitable, Mm. or that happens all the time. Right. What, what do we do in the conversations with our kids? Or is there anything we can do to kind of help make sure that they're going to have
2: healthy relationships Mm -hmm. later? The good news for that is how much you can influence them by how you handle it, right? So number one is taking impec- impeccable care of ourselves so that we're not trying to have conversations where we're, where we're confused between our experience and our child's experience. We want to own our stuff, not talk to our children when we're triggered. We want to say, I'm having a hard time right now. I love your question. I will... I need to go for a walk or I need to, you know, talk take care of myself. We'll talk about it this weekend. So we have to make sure that we're not getting our needs met by trying to get our children. Right. If our children are okay, we're okay. No, it's the opposite. If we're okay, our children are going to be okay.
1: I and- also remember like falling apart once. And I think it was just really the stress of the divorce. Cause the truth is I was thrilled to be out of my marriage. Um, but it was the stress of everything. Cause it was really contentious. Four years, three judges, every expert mediation, money, 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 mm-hmm. money. And we were on vacation in Florida with my parents and I was crying and my daughters came in and they were so scared. Yeah. And I said to them, you know, it's hard. Don't you guys cry sometimes? Yeah. Like when sometimes. you get really upset, I go, I'm just human. And Perfect. I'm upset. And it's a whole bunch of stuff. And I just really love a hug. And so you show your vulnerability to your kids. I didn't plan that, but, yeah, I, but they still, were like in my room.
0: But that doesn't solve whether or not later their idea or definition of a
2: relationship is going to be. Well, Let's address right. that. So the second right. part of it, besides taking care of ourselves and yes, TH completely being able to allow ourselves to be human and share our Humanness and our emotions with our children without making it their responsibility to fix us, right? But the second part of this is that how we handle our own empowerment is what's going to help inspire our children to be empowered. So if we're blaming, if we're shut down in our communication, then that's the tone and the culture we're setting for our children. If we're demonstrating that we own our choices, And we talk to them about our lives and here's what I've chosen. Here's what I want to try. Here's what I'm doing now. This is something I'm really excited about or this is something that hasn't worked out really well. Here's what I'm going to do differently, right? If we're using a lot of really empowered language with them and if they see us link our empowerment with our happiness, then that's the message they're getting. So we're not playing victim. It's playing victim that is much more likely to repeat a generational pattern
0: a i totally agree with you but i think like what i wonder for myself and because i agree with you that's a huge part of why i was like i got to get out of this marriage like yeah. i don't want i need to set an example for my kids that are sure. like an sure. independent person and you don't have to rely on somebody else like you can be successful on your own i sometimes wonder if the fact that their dad and I are as close as we are now, hes I've been married again, he's mm-hmm. in a relation, in a long-term relationship, he's had other kids, like we've totally moved on. But I sometimes wonder if the fact that we are as close, and I'm sure the way my kids see it is like that I've forgiven him. My kids and I have never had that conversation per se, but like mm-hmm. I've chosen to rise above and I've chosen to have a really good relationship with him for the benefit of the kids so that there is no tension when we hang out. We all hang out together, mm-hmm. it's all fine. But like, so then do they think that then it's not really a big deal that any of that happened because we've like moved on and we're friends? Like you're condoning
2: it because I I wonder sometimes, like
0: I, I think to myself, well, the impact, the punishment, so to speak, was he didn't get to be married to me anymore. Exactly. But like, do my kids see it that way? Because now it's like, well, he did all of these things that some people like it's so bad, but like. We're friends anyway.
2: I don't think, I don't know your, your kids, but I don't think that's what kids care about. Kids do not care about fault and blame. They want to love and enjoy both their parents. And this is an tra- absolute trap where we think we have to teach our children like the moral lessons by, and I'm going to use ex- exaggerate for effect here, but by punishing their other parent. All that does is make them see us as as still carrying around a grudge i mean forgiveness is a beautiful thing it shows that no one has power over you and right. that's what you're modeling to your children by being friends with their dad is that he doesn't have any power over you you're happy without him and he doesn't have a negative effect on you anymore because you've taken care of you know you own you own your own life I I like that. I think I just worry that what
0: I'm showing them, in a sense, is like it's okay to behave badly and do, uh, you know, all of these things wrong because like you'll get away with it and like you'll be able to be friends with them and be okay anyway, and like there are no ramifications or like no -hmm. consequences.
2: I appreciate where you are with it. That it's still nagging at you, kind of what lesson they're getting from you being friends with their dad, but I really doubt that's their priority right now. Their yeah, priority I, is to they get to relax. Yeah. I think
0: I'm worried about it yeah. or that it's nagging long at me term. because I'm not sure like what my son's relationships will yeah. look like. And it's, yeah. that's kind of more of what I'm concerned about. Like a lot yeah. of his friends have had girlfriends and, you know, he's in college now and the girl that he had dated before, like he was always in denial about her being girlfriend. It's almost like I worry that he's not ready to commit because he, once he commits, then he you know, then he's like boxed in, which I think it's to some degree is probably what his dad felt. And I don't know, it just worries me of like what what do healthy relationships look like from children of divorce if if we don't have the right conversations yeah.
2: with them. I think the 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 much more powerful lesson is the breakthrough that you've had, that you've demonstrated that you're a choice maker and that your dad is someone you would never be that his dad is someone you would never be married to again because of, of his infidelity. So it is definitely,
1: we definitely worry as I'm sure, you know, for in, you know, in your life, you do too. I mean, I, my, my, one of my daughters was in a very serious relationship, literally since middle school. Mm. And I was just kind of watching the relationship go along and Mm -hmm. it was not a good relationship in my mind, but I kept my mouth shut. And I was super supportive of her and she's very young. So nothing was, you know, <laughs> the future wasn't right now. Right. And um, all I could do was like, be really supportive of her and answer her questions. And in the end they broke up and I was
2: thrilled. So um, that was a model that you trusted her to learn and grow and make. This is, I did, but as you know, I've been
1: And I'd been in relationships before the one I'm in now that didn't work that I kept him hanging around and he wasn't a bad man. He just was not the right man for me. Mm -hmm. And so I guess, I guess it is really just for any relationship we're in. Right. I mean, with our friends, with, you know, a boyfriend or a girlfriend, Mm -hmm. you know, you're modeling a relationship of sorts. So is it true that like, because Jessica and I are such great friends and we're there for each other and all these great things. Mm -hmm. That's just as good as modeling a relationship with, with another man or another, I mean, you know, you, it all matters. What they're
2: looking at is what makes people happy. I, I think we really make a mistake when we try to impose any feelings that they might have on what they've seen with their parents or what even what they're seeing in their own relationship. I mean, all three of my children are grown and married now. And I I get to hear a lot about, you know, I watch them choose their partners and see what was important to them and their partners. And loyalty is really important for all three of them now, even though they didn't see any of that from their parents. Right. so i I just believe that the best thing we can do for our children is to elevate our own well-being as loving, supportive, strong, confident, independent human beings that do not let other people dictate how we feel.
0: Absolutely. And when
2: we can model healthy emotional independence, where we're very connected to people, where we care deeply, where, you know, people are very important, but they don't get to own us. They don't get to make us feel a certain way. That is, to me, absolute freedom. And once you've tasted that, you're never going to be with someone that restricts your growth and your freedom, like our spouses did, you know, our first spouses. Well, it's,
0: words of wisdom. I mean, this, we are going to have to definitely continue this conversation another time, but those are, um, it's really great advice. I hope that everybody listening got as much out of it as we did. I felt like it was like a personal therapy session.
2: (laughs) Always. I love this work so much because as much as I don't like divorce and the pain that goes along with it, I see every person I work with as at a pivot point where they get to start a new chapter. Yeah. We get to define it. And you know as much as I do how exhilarating it is to watch people grow and not have to repeat the same bad experiences ever again. For sure. Mm-hmm. Well,
0: thank you so much, Amy. You're we welcome. Really your time.
2: Um, so happy Amy, to be here. Thank
0: you for having me. And if you guys enjoyed this episode of the Divorce Etc. podcast with the ex-experts today, then can you help a girl out? Or two girls, really. When you subscribe, rate, and review, it helps us get the word out so we can support more people like you going through divorce and beyond. And of course, share with anyone you know who can benefit from listening. Have a great day.